0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's up, New Orleans? What's up across the Gulf South?
1: And what's up to you listening wherever you are tonight at www.radio.com app? Yes, we are live. We are local. One of the few times the last uh, couple of weeks, but we're going to have a a fun show. Well, maybe not so much fun here to start it off. We'll get to that in just a second because of the epic fail that happened over in Baton Rouge today. And yes, I am upset. And I think everybody, sports fans and otherwise, should be upset by the mess that has become, well, look, it, it became that a long time ago, but that still is the Louisiana state legislature. Get to that in just a second. The good news is LSU baseball, they're hosting a regional. That was announced on Sunday. We found the field for the Baton Rouge Regional yesterday. It'll be LSU, Arizona State, Southern Miss, and Stony Brook. That regional will begin this Friday. LSU will try to advance and get to that super regional. All the, the naysaying this entire year, and all LSU has done despite all the injuries is, well, Host a regional and uh, they will be favorites to get onto a super regional against the Georgia Bulldogs. That's the regional uh, that they're matched up with in the super regional. So we'll set the stage for what's going to happen out in Baton Rouge today. Uh, NBA finals are getting started on Thursday. I wanted to preview that. And of course, all sorts of Anthony Davis trade rumors flying everywhere over the weekend. The Brooklyn Nets are the latest team to be reportedly heavily interested in Anthony Davis. We will get to that, plus um, some sound today from out in Baton Rouge where we heard from a lot of the players and, of course, Coach Maneri, and we'll play that. So welcome on into the show. This hour, we've got Scott Rabelais coming on in about 10 minutes to set the stage for um, LSU in the regional, Teddy Cahill a Baseball America at 840, and Jeff Metcalf, who covers Arizona State and I wanted to get him on because Arizona State is a legitimate threat in this regional. They are one of the best, maybe the best non number 1 seed in my mind. um in uh, the regionals and uh, they got a shot to win this one I know it's in Baton Rouge LSU should be favored over at the box but there's a team that's going to come out of this it's not LSU it's going to be Arizona State and I think there's every reason why Tigers fans should be a little bit nervous about that so that's our show today uh, but I want to start off talking about this absolute nonsense coming out of Baton Rouge and I posted about it on Twitter and, and Twitter blew up And everybody's begging me, open your show with this on Twitter. So, look, I am. I was going to do it anyways, but you ask and I will deliver. Um, The Louisiana state legislature sunk a bill in the House Appropriations Committee by a 15-6 to vote against advancing, allowing sports gambling in the state of Louisiana. Now, Louisiana was recently ranked the worst state in the country to live in by a study. We all heard that. We all said this is ridiculous. Well, you know what? For three straight years, Louisiana has been ranked dead last in that survey. And today, we get a reminder why. Because the lawmakers and the people we send over to Baton Rouge to do the job of passing common sense laws and legislation can't get out of their own way. Instead of catching up with the rest of the country, where most states are quickly adopting laws to take advantage of the Supreme Court ruling last year that struck down a federal law prohibiting most states from authorizing sports gambling, they struck it down. There's no law on the books anymore, anywhere, federally, that stops states from adopting sports gambling laws and allowing it. Just across the border at I-10, Mississippi is raking in the tax revenue from sports gambling and gambling. State after state has legalized some form of sports betting. It passed the Senate, went to the House, and of course all sorts of poison pills got added onto it that doomed the bill. I mean, instead of following suit with all these other states that are, are just passing what is it should be a really darn easy thing to get right. This isn't hard, folks. This is not hard. If I sound fired up, I am. This is absolutely absurd. Every state of Louisiana, every resident of this state, should be looking at the legislature and going, what in the hell happened? Tens of millions of tax dollars were hand-wiped away today. Poison pill amendments that doomed this bill. Or maybe it wasn't really doomed. Maybe the House committee just got it wrong. Frankly, I don't care. I don't care who to blame. I don't care who you blame. Every single person who lined up against a quick and easy passage of legalized sports betting in Louisiana is to blame. The hypocritical religious leaders, the greedy casinos, Every lawmaker who looked to attach a handout to this bill, Republicans, Democrats, Independents. It was a torrent of horse manure that rushed over the state capitol. And the stink's not going to dissipate for another year. I know there's there's avenues where they can bring this bill back up this session, but frankly, it's not going to happen. At least that's what everybody tells me. Don't count on it. So now we got to go through this again next year and lose millions of dollars, perhaps tens of millions of dollars in tax revenue for another year, when every year, what do those same lawmakers do? They come to us, they beg and plead with us to try to plug these never-ending budget holes that are coming out of Baton Rouge in our state budget. And people will say it's just politics as usual in Louisiana. Well, maybe that's the problem. Politics as usual has driven our state into a never-ending financial crisis that these lawmakers can't seem to find a way out of. Again, it's inevitable that these same lawmakers, the same people who either attached amendments to this, and I'm talking both sides of the aisle here, it was everybody, it wasn't one party, It wasn't one subgroup, it was everybody that had their nasty hands in on this. These same people are going to try to slash funding to major programs, they're going to try to raise taxes, and they're going to plead for our support to do it. Apparently allowing men and women to wager a little bit on their favorite teams and favorite sports was too much to ask. I was going back and forth for weeks on text with Tim Zimmer, who now produces the morning show and used to produce this show. He bets sports and he drives every single week over to Mississippi to do it every single week. He drives to Mississippi to do it. And he's not the only one. I have many friends and many people listen to this show who tell me they do the same thing. Think about how much money is going to that state instead of the one here. And we got many listeners in Mississippi, and congratulations to you, you're doing it right. I love this state. That's why I've been here a decade and haven't left. But this is absurd. This is absolutely absurd. Something as simple as legalizing sports gambling and regulating it to get the tax dollars from it is apparently too much to ask here. It's the same silly nonsense that has led alcohol sales at Tiger Stadium to become this oddly divisive, I guess, partisan issue over there. I mean, I was was driving into work today, and I heard three different shows, sports and non-sports shows, talking about that. They're finally going to allow alcohol sales over in Tiger Stadium. I'm wondering why it took them so long to actually do that. I know it was the SEC had their hands in that, but it's just ridiculous. Yesterday, we spent Memorial Day remembering our fallen heroes that certainly uh, have fought much greater battles than this one that mattered a lot more but gosh darn it if our 18 year old boys and girls if our 18 year old men and women can go overseas and die for this country do you think it's too much to ask that 18 or 21 year olds can make a five dollar wager on the saints to beat the falcons what a load of malarkey I hope I have every single one of those Louisiana legislatures, uh, legislators, every single person who attached an amendment or who voted against this bill or wrote an opinion column on it or went and preached in sermons. I hope they're all listening tonight. Because y'all should be ashamed of yourself. What a joke. We'll be back with Scott Rabelais Yeah, the texts are pouring in here lambasting the Louisiana State Legislature for the epic fail that happened today where the sports... Gambling legislation was well voted down, fifteen to six, in the House Appropriations Committee. We'll continue to talk about that, and I'll get to all these texts and, and really Twitter's blowing up for me too. Um, over in Baton Rouge, Scott rabbley not on the show to talk about that. He's on the show to talk a little LSU us for the advocate. But, but Scott, you're kind of in the middle of Baton Rouge over there, obviously, and uh, I know you probably heard about this all day too.
2: Uh, but the sports gambling, yeah, we did. Yeah. They're like, you know, I mean, you know, just all this money is just. Flying across the state lines, you know, to Mississippi, where it is legal, and I, I just don't understand how they can't uh, can't get together. And, and and it seems like a no-brainer, but yeah, yeah. Also, not it's also not surprising in some ways. But I mean, you know, as Scott Woodward, the new LSU athletic director, is talking about how like this is eventually coming. We need to be prepared for it. And uh, and uh, they, he's right, but. Not this year. Maybe maybe next
1: year. That's what we always say. Maybe next year, Scott. Uh, Scott right. Rabelais, at A D V on Twitter. Um, the, the brighter news is, a couple of days ago, LSU uh, stamped their spot into the Baton Rouge Regional. They'll host this weekend. And uh, a familiar spot. They're back after that year hiatus when they had to go on the road, Scott. So Tiger fans uh, a little relieved, I suppose, after Selection Sunday.
2: Yes. one. Can you believe it's been one whole year at LSU without <laughs> hosting? You know, uh some schools are like, you know, Florida like barely squeaked in and uh, and TCU barely squeaked in and Virginia the past national champion. I don't think they got in. And uh, you know, L S U, you know, they you know yeah, they they didn't host a regional last year, but uh know, yeah, they played well down the stretch. They were like won seven of the last ten, had a good showing in the SEC tournament and uh and from, went from being on the bubble of not hosting at all going into the SEC tournament to uh being the number uh thirteen overall seed. So um, so they were, they kind of made it to spare, you know, the top 16 teams. And, of course, if they win their regional, they probably have to go on the road to face Georgia, where they lost two out of three this year. But look, top eight national seeds lose every year. If, if LSU wins their regional and Georgia doesn't win, LSU would host the Super Regional. So it's not out of the realm of possibility.
1: Now, Scott, you know this. When LSU fans, Tiger fans, saw Stony Brook in this regional and also their <laughs> first opponent, uh, flashbacks of 2012, I think, abound across the state.
2: Oh no doubt. I mean, uh, that was uh, that was a as I wrote in my column yesterday when the pairings came out. I knew there was going to be some kind of some kind of drama, you know, so, something you know, the, the committee selection committee had in store for LSU. There was some projections that Florida State might get sent here, and their coach Mike Martin, who's the all-time winningest coach, is retiring this year. But they got they got sent somewhere else, and so uh, they they sent Stony Brook to Baton Rouge. You beat LSU in the super regional. Stony Brook was the they're the number four seed. LSU's the one. Stony Brook was the four seed in 2012. They won the regional at Miami and then came to Baton Rouge and won the Super to go to the college world series. So um, I don't think they probably have quite the horses they had that year, but you know, it's college baseball. You, you can lose on any given day. You can win on any given day, but uh, yeah, it, it's got the, it's got LSU fans probably a little bit. It's taken a little, a little steam off the excitement about, about those <laughs> a regional to see Stony Brook <laughs> pop up there. Yeah. But Hey, you know, you got Southern, you got Southern Miss too. And, and, I'm sure you got listeners who are Southern Miss fans, and Arizona State, uh, you know, it's, uh, those are good teams too. Else you need to be worried about them as well.
1: Yeah. Are, do you buy any of the, I don't know if you call them conspiracy theorists. Frankly, I think they're probably right, that the selection committee tries to get these, you know, intriguing matchups and storylines, not just in baseball, but in basketball too. I don't even know if I have a problem with that, Scott, but it does seem like they, they tend to seed that way.
2: You know, I, I did. I've done a couple of mock selection exercises. I, a few years ago, I went to the NCAA headquarters and we did the basketball one, and then last year I did the college football playoff one in uh, in Dallas, and where you go through the whole process. And you know, it's very. You, you can say you're so you're so involved in trying to get the right teams and pick the right teams. And you know that that you don't think about it, but it, it's not a shock. Sometimes you're like, oh, in the second round, Louisville could play Kentucky. You know, two in-state rivals, or you know. Um, you know, USC could play UCLA or something like that. So, yeah, it's. I don't think these things are a huge shock, and they could have easily sent Southern kept Southern in Baton Rouge, their four seed going to Mississippi State's regional in Starkville. They could have kept them in Baton Rouge playing LSU. You know, but uh, it's. Uh, yeah, I think that, I think there's a little there's a little bit of mischief here. Uh, by the way, I'm at the SEC meeting, so Ray Ray uh, Roy, uh, Ray, uh, Ray Tanner. The uh, South Carolina Athletic Director, former baseball coach, is the chair of the committee. I might ask him about that tomorrow if I see him.
1: (laughs) There you go. Uh, Speaking of, I guess we'll make a little interlude here. Of course, Will Wade making news. He spoke out at those media days. Um, What did
2: you learn from –
1: he was pretty apologetic, uh, although I don't think he fell on any sword, but uh, we did hear from Will Wade out there today.
2: Yes, it was the first time Will has spoken publicly and taken questions since he was suspended. People will remember back on March 7th when his name was was, – attached to that uh, report uh, of uh, a, wire, a federal wiretap. He was talking about uh, making an offer to a player, was assumed, Javante Smart, who's on the team. And so he's made a couple of public statements in, in press releases, but nothing where he answered questions. So, yeah, Will was contrite to a degree. You know, He, he admitted uh, the biggest mistake he made was not meeting with LSU officials back in March, which prompted his uh, suspension. And, of course, the backlash of that, helped grease the, the skids for Joe Oliva to be uh, replaced as athletic director by Scott Woodward. Uh, and he said he should, he should have, he, he, he he didn't blame his lawyers, but I think he got some bad legal advice there. He got another lawyer who said, let's meet. And in April, he was reinstated. Um, he didn't exactly deny any, anything about have you ever, you know, paid players or, or had someone pay players for you. Uh, obviously he didn't come out and admit that he did deny. He said, he, he he said that he didn't say anything about it because it was part of a con- confidentiality in him meeting with LSU and the NCAA in April. He did deny another report that came out from the Christian Dawkins trial uh, earlier this month. Uh, uh, this uh, former Arizona coach alleged that he, uh, he told him that he paid Nas Reed $300,000 to come play for LSU. Nas of course just left LSU he was going to be in the NBA draft. And he said that was not true. And, and, um, so that was the one thing he did tonight, But it was, uh, you know, not defiant, my will, but contrite, but still kind of that brash Will Wade that shows through and, and uh, you know, the guy that, you know, LSU fans have, have come to love and are trying to stick up for.
1: Yeah, indeed. It's Scott Rabelais of The Advocate with this. And uh, Scott, before we let you go, I know you've, you've got stories on uh, Will Wade and, and LSU baseball. And uh, what else you got coming uh, over at The Advocate for us?
2: Well, you know, I'm here all week um, through Friday at the SEC spring meeting at uh, one of the thinks that one of the big topics that is anticipated that's going to be talked about <clears throat> is uh, whether they're going to uh, lift the the uh, ban. If the SEC is going to lift the ban on alcohol and beer sales in the uh, general seating areas, and you can you have, if you're in a suite or a club seat or something like that, you can you can have alcoholic beverages. But you can't if you're sitting in the, the regular stands, on, like the 30-yard line. The, every other Power Five conference, the Big 12, the Big Ten, the ACC, uh, Pac-12, they all allow it. Other in state schools, a lot. You can go to church and stadium at at Tulane and and have a beer sitting wherever you want. Um, So there's this growing sentiment that this rule could be changed, (laughs) repeal prohibition in the SEC. I'm not sure if it's going to, I think it'll, I think this week it'll probably come to a vote uh, on uh, Friday uh, by the SEC presidents. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to change the rule this year, but I think it's coming. It's a revenue stream and it's something they feel that uh, can help them with. uh, you know, somewhat declining attendance figures, even in the SEC. So uh, I think it's something to very watching. Maybe they'll change it this year, but if not this year, I think very soon.
1: Scott, thank you so much, man. We're up against the news, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. All right, Scott Rabelais of The Advocates. will now go to CBS News in progress. Now, all our thoughts are with everybody in the Midwest and upper Midwest dealing with a historic level of, of tornadoes and storms. Uh, we'll have CBS News top and bottom of the hour through my show at 11 o'clock. Thanks to Scott Rabelais again. He's got great work, and everybody over at The Advocate does. at Theadvocate.com on LSU. Yeah, opening up at the beer sales. Got a little sports betting there. And, of course, LSU baseball in the regional. Will Wade speaking. We'll get into that um, a little bit later in the show. Let's get to some text here. And we'll also open up the phone lines at 504-260-1870. That's 504 260 One eight seventy. Here is a a text from the five oh four. I guess they couldn't agree on which of the state legislators got their palms greased the most. L.O.L. Text from the five oh four. The legislature is a clown car full of idiots. Well today they're acting like it. I'm not going to paint a broad brush and think that and say that I think those people are that. I don't. I think they're for the most part very bright, intelligent people, but they seem to have a very hard time doing their job. I just folks, here's the thing. I understand if I'm passionately on one side of an issue and but I can at least see the other side of it in sports, in life, in politics, whatever it is. I I passionately argue my side, um, but I I do at least see the argument from the other side and see their position and at least have the empathy to understand their position. Frankly, with this one, I absolutely do not. I don't understand how this happened. Well, I do technically understand it because all these lawmakers had their hands in the pot. Wanting free handouts. You had religious leaders coming out in mass against this, and it just scuttled the bill. But this is a no brainer. We're talking about the state legislature, and more specifically, the House Committee on Appropriations today voting down what seemed like was going to be inevitable just a couple of weeks ago, and that was the Louisiana sports gambling bill. Well, that's no more. It's been killed. At least right now, there are a few procedural ways to get it back this session. But I've been told that is very unlikely to happen, which means it's another year of lost tax revenue. And we'll be doing this again next year. Here's a text from the 504. The state has their bookies that make money. That must be why this didn't pass. That's, that's, look, that's a tongue-in-cheek way to get to a pretty good point here. People are going to find way to bet on sports in Louisiana, whether that's illegally with bookies, whether that's going to these shady online sites that have their headquarters down in the Caribbean and overseas, whether that's driving to Mississippi. I, I told you, and Tim would tell you this if he's on the air, he goes over there almost every week. Bets on NASCAR and NBA and whatever he wants to. He's been doing that for about a year. And I've got many other people, friends, listeners of the show, colleagues in the sports media business that all do the same thing. I just don't understand how we can sit here in this state and continually hear complaints about budget holes and education and construction money. And deficits. And we have a way to, and I understand it's in, in the grand scheme of a state budget, $10 million or so a year is not huge, but it's something. And to just turn your nose at it for God knows why, I just don't get it. I really do not get it. And I don't think any, I would love to debate somebody on this show and I will give you the floor who is vehemently opposed to this bill. Because I, I am somebody who wants to empathize with the other side. I legitimately say that. I am having a very, very hard time doing that here. 504 is the phone number. Our text line is 870-870. Up now at WWL.com and the radio.com app. My quick column today, basically saying what I just said on the air, but kind of ranting, epic failure by Louisiana legislature and sports gambling fumble. That's the headline. Uh, you can find it at WWL.com. Text from the 985, how can I bet horse racing from the TVG app on my phone, but I can't bet a sports team? Well, was so they've carved out um, a horse betting exemption here in the state. Text from the 504. Maybe we have the wrong Governor Edwards in office. He has been silent on this issue. Governor Edwin Edwards would be pro sports betting. Your thoughts? I'm not diving into that. I do wish we had more powerful political leaders in this state come out in support of this no brainer legislation. Whatever side of the aisle you're on. I mean, Scott Rabelais just said it. Scott Woodward, the new LSU AD, in his opening press conference and the first few times he talked to the media made a point to talk about how important he felt this was for the state and for LSU. Text from the 504. So now we're backwards compared to Mississippi. L-O-L-L-O-L. Wow. At least in this area we are. And everybody over in Mississippi, we got a lot of listeners. Every night... Out east on I-10 and in Biloxi and Gulfport, good on you. You've done it the right way for a very long time, and you're going to continue to soak up these tens of millions of dollars in tax revenue. And frankly, I don't see an end to this. I do not see, what, are we going to come back next year and the same people who are in office are just going to learn their lesson and vote another way? Maybe. i got to tell you, I'm pretty pessimistic about all this now. (laughs) I'm an optimist by nature, but I am really pessimistic about this. So the last lap will continue when we come back. Teddy Cahill of Baseball America to talk a little uh, college baseball regionals here on the last lap. Tanner Brown texting the show, always listening to at Seth Dunlap at the gym. And, well, frankly, I, I probably need to get a sweat on myself after that opening segment. I, I am as fired up as I have been in a very long time talking about this killing of the sports gambling bill here in this state. You want to, It's just an epic fail by a state that politically often has these epic fails, <laughs> Keep the texts and tweets coming. You, you, audience is awesome tonight. We're talking also college baseball regionals, and LSU does get a, uh, a hosting site and a top-16 seed, and i will be hosting in Baton Rouge this uh, weekend, starting on Friday. And if you haven't heard yet, and first of all, I don't know where you've been, but it's LSU, Arizona State, Southern Miss, and Stony Brook. Yes, that's Stony Brook. Over in Baton Rouge, they're the 13th overall seat. Teddy Cahill, uh, college baseball writer for BaseballAmerica.com, swings on in to help us preview this weekend's regional action. And then, Teddy, how are you tonight?
3: Uh, we're uh, we're rolling along here, in this week before regional is always a always a fun time. Now that we have the tournament field to look at.
1: And hey, uh, real quickly, I know you're up in Ohio. Um, I, I've, you guys have passed sports betting bills up there, is that right? Are you fighting the same battle we have? I'm I'm forgetting.
3: So I grew up in Ohio. I, uh, I now live in North Carolina where our offices are, and I believe neither of them have legalized sports gambling yet. And Ohio took forever even to legalize casinos. So I imagine it, it'll be a while before Ohio gets
1: on it. And there you go. Just like you're fighting the same struggle we are. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about this LSU regional. Uh, were you surprised at all that LSU is hosting? What do you think about this field? Yeah, I
3: wasn't surprised ultimately. I mean, maybe going into Hoover, um, you know, there was definitely still work to be done. But by the time they'd beaten Auburn in that crazy walk-off, it, it definitely felt like uh, LSU was going to be a host. And I, I think they have an interesting field here. I, I think it'll be a pretty offensive group, uh, group in there with, uh, with Arizona State coming in, leading the nation in home runs, and, and Southern Miss. So I think it could be a fun weekend of the box.
1: Now, everybody wants to talk about Stony Brook here because of what happened in 2012, but you brought up Arizona State, and I'm going to have an Arizona State rider on later today, and the reason why is I think they're the biggest threat, um, uh, maybe any two-seed in the country, to actually win a regional. I think they've got a legitimate chance to upset uh, the Tigers over in Baton Rouge. What do we know about Arizona State, Teddy?
3: Yeah, so I, I think they are a dangerous two-seed. I don't know that I'd go as far to say that they're the one with the best chance to win, but they are absolutely dangerous. They lead the nation in home runs. It's a really powerful offense. Spencer Torkelson, their first baseman, and outfielder Hunter Bishop are probably going to be top ten picks over the next two years. Bishop this year, Torkelson uh, next year. And they, hit, they, they just have a ton of power. Uh, but there's power up and down that lineup. And they defend, especially in the infield, at a really high level. Uh, their shortstop, Alika Williams, is one of the best defensive shortstops in the country. Their pitching is pretty good for the front-line stuff. Alec Marsh, their Friday starter, and Boyd Vandercor, their Saturday starter, are both pretty solid. It thins out a little bit after that, and I do think LSU has an advantage on the mound Uh, But you still have to contain Arizona State's offense to to be able to take advantage of that.
1: That's something that LSU hasn't had often this year, Teddy, is an advantage on the mound. But you think they've got it this week?
3: Yeah, I was impressed uh, with how LSU pitched, especially down in Hoover, but especially during that 17 inning game against Mississippi State. I thought Mikhail Hilliard uh, did great work out of the bullpen. Zach Hess was really good in that game. And I know Eric Walker didn't start that game well, but he settled in eventually. And, you know, so I, I was impressed by, by that group, what they were able to accomplish there. And I thought they showed a lot of grit during that run obviously they ran out of pitching against Vanderbilt but that was pretty deep into the weekend already and I mean the, the thing about this regional is that Arizona State's not that deep on the mound Southern Miss isn't that deep on the mound so the fact that LSU doesn't have as much depth as some other SEC schools and that that's been exposed during the regular season I don't think it's going to matter as much this weekend
1: um, it sounds like you have LSU coming out of the Baton Rouge regional
3: I haven't made official picks yet, but I think yes, that I would I would have LSU advancing here. I mean, I really like this Arizona state team. But any time they've come up against the best teams in the Pac-12, they haven't been able to win a series. So I, it's just kind of hard to see them going on the road and, and winning at LSU right now.
1: It's Teddy Cahill at BaseballAmerica.com, college baseball writer there. As we preview this week's college baseball regional action, some of them comes up almost every year now, is the selection committee that uh, puts uh, two regional hosts from the same conference in the same little um, quarter bracket. And it happened you know this year with LSU. They're um, opposite of Georgia. If those two one-seeds win, they'll be there. Uh, Arkansas and Ole Miss, same thing. Uh, Pac-12, only three one-seeds, but they've got Oregon State and UCLA in that same pod, and I think uh, Georgia Tech and and UNC are the same deal. Um, I don't know if they necessarily have a problem with this, Teddy, but um, uh, do you and do you think the selection committee could do a better job of spreading these teams out so they're not facing the conference teams in the Super Regional?
3: Well, for the longest time, college baseball wanted its top top 16 seeds seeded and you know so they finally get around to seeding the host teams last year was the first year of it and this is kind of a product of that now the fact that there are five of them this year i think is not great for anyone um I think it may produce some interesting super regionals because the teams are going to have a familiar- familiarity with each other, but I kind of almost wish the committee had fudged it a little bit to eliminate a couple of these, um, you know, one or two, maybe even three wouldn't bother me that much. But the fact that half of these could be, isn't great. Now I will also say though, that it's easy for us to look at it right now and say, well, if Oregon state and UCLA both win, then, you know, I'll pack 12 super, but you know, maybe Oregon state doesn't win or, you know, maybe LSU and Georgia doesn't turn out. So it it doesn't look great right now, but I'll, I guess I'm going to withhold a little bit of judgment until we actually do get these matchups transpired next yeah, weekend.
1: Yeah, and we knew it was probably going to happen with the SEC because they had five teams and we were kind of projected to have five after how the SEC tournament played out. But that UCLA-Oregon State one the one that really surprised me. I mean, you've got you know the, the dynastic program that is Oregon State, and you've got maybe the best team in baseball or one of the two or three best teams in baseball in UCLA. Uh doesn't seem – I don't know if fair is a word that I don't really like to use, but it doesn't really seem fair for UCLA-Oregon. Oregon State there. Well,
3: especially so in that case and in the case of Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, and if those matchups both happen, they're replays of regular season series, and this is the case of LSU, Georgia, and they're gonna happen in the same place. You know, Oregon State already went to UCLA. It didn't go well for them. Ditto, Oklahoma State, and LSU with uh with Texas Tech and Georgia. I've seen those series. I don't need to see them again. And so I think that's gonna be the real problem is that you know, they're literally the same series. They, you know, they they can't even flip them the home sites, and so I, I it's a quirk this year, and I don't particularly care for it right now. But maybe the the baseball on the field this weekend will save us from some of these replays.
1: It's Teddy Cahill at Baseball America, who are your favorite teams? Who are the best teams in college baseball heading into this regional?
3: I mean, right now I think that UCLA and Vanderbilt have absolutely separated from the pack. I think those are the clear two best teams in the country, and um, you know, UCLA is the best pitching staff in the country. Vanderbilt's offense is going about as well as anyone's. And UCLA feels like the most complete team in the country, and Vanderbilt doesn't feel too far off that. So I think those are the two right now. And uh, there are definitely other really good teams out there capable of winning the national title, but I think everyone is chasing UCLA and Vanderbilt right now.
1: What about some lower seeds that you could possibly see advancing to the Super Regional, Teddy? You
3: know, if you – if you really want to reach down, I, I feel like Campbell out of the um, uh, Greenville Regional has a real chance. I, I think that uh, everyone here in this state is looking at North Carolina State, East Carolina, and, you know, very excited for what that much might prevent present in the atmosphere that would happen in Greenville. But, you know, I think Campbell is a dangerous three seed there. Uh, I mean, I think East Carolina's, uh, you know, if, if they matched up against NC State, I think NC State would have a chance too. I think that any of those three teams could win that regional. So, I'm interested in that one. And uh, I think Fresno State in the uh, in the Stanford regional, that's a really tough three seed. I think that whole bracket again is pretty open, but I, I think Fresno State is an older team, an experienced team, and. Um, you know, I, I think that they're going to be ready to go in Stanford. So, I, as three seeds go, I, I think Campbell and, and Fresno State are two of the better ones.
1: Uh, can you reassure LSU fans that LSU Stony Brook on Friday isn't going to be a redo of, <laughs> of
3: 2012, Teddy? Yes, this is not the 2012 Stony Brook team. There are not two big leaguers on this team, I don't think, and uh, they're a good team. But this is also a team that went to Arkansas. Um, You know, early in the season, and you can find some DVH quotes, I'm pretty sure, out there uh, about how he was impressed with Stony Brook, but ultimately Stony Brook got swept at Arkansas. Now, I mean, it was in February, a lot's changed since then, but, um, you know, it's not the Stony Brook team that showed up in Baton Rouge uh, six, seven years ago.
1: Teddy Cahill, BaseballAmerica.com. Be sure you follow him before this week. You need to follow him right now at Ted Cahill. NCAA College Baseball Tournament gets underway. And, of course, LSU hosting out in Baton Rouge. Teddy, always appreciate the talks. Enjoy the week. Absolutely. It's a fun time. All right. Thanks so much. There he goes, Teddy Cahill. Be sure you bookmark BaseballAmerica.com to make it part of your daily run, just like it is mine. We'll take a break. More of your calls. Text coming back, 504-260-1870. You want to talk LSU regional? You want to talk the sports betting bill that was sh- shut down in the House Committee on Appropriations today? Maybe some NBA finals, too, as we'll get to that later in the show. 504-260-1870. And our text line is eight seventy eight seventy. The last lap continues on WWL. Welcome back to the show. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll 100 days till the NFL season kicks off. Are you ready for football? You're still hungover from the no call. You can catch a vote at radio.com app. LSU basketball in the spotlight today, as was Will Wade out at um, the SEC uh, meetings. And so uh, Will Wade spoke to the media and was. I wouldn't say expansive in his contrition about what happened, but certainly a little bit apologetic, didn't fall on the sword, like I said. We'll get to some of that in the next hour. From a an actual program standpoint, there was good news over the last few days, including today, when you had a trio of LSU players announce that they will return to school, Emmett williams Skyler Mays, Marlon Taylor, all will come back. Emmett Williams is a big one. You kind of expected him back. Uh, the six foot six forward was basically the sixth guy off the bench this year, and he's going to be expected to have a much bigger role in this, uh, really in this offense for Will Wade next year. Now that Nas Reed is gone, now um, they do have Trenton Watford, the five star forward who is a he's a Nas Reed type coming in, but. but That's a little bit unfair. Some people have described him as, hey, this is Nas Reed 2.0. No, it's really not. Watford's much more versatile, especially in the offense, where Nas Reed kind of got bogged down a lot of times on the perimeter and facing the basket. Uh, Trenton Watford, from what I've watched and what people have told me, he can play back to the basket. He can... Uh, spot you up he can shoot the three he can play multiple positions uh, he can basically play the two three four or five although the two that would be only in kind of emergency situations but he's a real five-star legitimate um, blue chip prospect not that necessarily Nas Reed wasn't but for as excited everybody was about Nas I think he should be perhaps more excited about Watford I don't think that LSU is going to lose much of anything in fact I think they might get better at that spot you never know how he's going to translate to college but that was a big get for Will Wade. No doubt about it. Now with everybody coming back, they're at least going to be in a similar position to where they were last year. Uh, Look, losing Tremont Waters is the big question mark here. You just can't replace a guy like that. I'm sorry, you can't ask Javante Smart or whoever it is that's going to be playing the point next year to come in and have the impact that Tremont Waters did. Waters had his problems late in game. We detailed him here on the show. It's really tough to win in March, once you're in the conference tournament and on into the NCAA tournament, without elite point guard play. And I'm talking elite point guard play. Look at the teams that made the Elite Eight this year. Every single one of them had elite point guard play. I don't know that you're going to get that from LSU. Which would mean I might have a hard time advancing to that point last uh, next year. We'll see though. It's it's a ways off. Speculating too much. <laughs> Speculating too much here. Point is though, it's a good day from a program standpoint to have all those guys back. Here's a text from the 504 gambling is a voluntary tax isn't that what the state would like us to pay? Yeah, you would think so. I guess not. I mean, I don't I just don't understand how backwards and messed up our state legislature is. Legislature is and these legislators who voted it down. 15 to 6 was the vote. And I understand there were poison pill bills and there were too many amendments, but that goes, who does that fall on? That doesn't fall on you and me. It doesn't fall on Harris. That falls on the people who amended the bill. That falls on those legislators. My goodness. We'll continue to talk about this, I'm fired up about it into the show. Also, Arizona State, part of this Baton Rouge Regional. Probably the biggest threat to the Tigers. Uh, We'll hear from one of their beat writers coming up next hour. And we'll preview the NBA Finals. It is the Raptors and the Warriors. Right now, though, we're going live on Facebook, WWL Radio Facebook page. And I'll rant some more on the epic fail over in Baton Rouge today involving sports betting.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever. Or I can conquer it.